0: It's time to kickstart your confidence. In this podcast, you will hear open and honest interviews with business owners and like minded people who have struggled and then how they have overcome their own issues. Listen to their real life struggles and personal accounts of how they have changed their lives and continue to do so on a daily basis. Get rid of stress, own your own space and thoughts. It's time to take control feel your personal health and well-being improve as you travel with us on this journey. And now your host, former British champion, owner and chief instructor of Hastings Kickboxing Academy and third Dan Blackbelt, Carl Denning.
1: Hi, you're here with Carl and today I've got Nikki back in for part two. Hello, Nikki, how are you?
2: Hi, I'm good, thanks.
1: Good, good. So today, in part one, we talked about your trauma as a teenager. You were raped fairly young, and we've talked all about kind of how you got through life and the troubles and bits and pieces you went through. And we've made this part two because we wanted to separate the, the two issues, and it would have made the podcast two and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, if you haven't listened to part one and you're interested in Nikki's story, then just go back and listen to um, Nikki's story in part one um, about what she went through in her childhood wow. and how her life has completely now transformed. I think that's fair to say.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, and just before we, we went on to to record, we were talking about I think it's important to say if you are a victim of rape quite recently, then the last thing is you're probably going to want to listen to is part two. But this is 12, for you, this is 12 years later on.
2: Yeah, it's it's 12 years in my healing journey, I suppose, in that consciously recovering and I'm 40 now and it happened when I was 15. So,
1: wow, so there was
2: a long time before I even started doing the work really yeah. to get better.
1: So if you're listening to this and you're uncomfortable hearing and talking about sex and everything to do with sex, then maybe this is not for you. But if you are interested in everything to do with sex, uh, Nikki is a somatic sex coach. Yeah. Um, I'm learning about this as we go. So <laughs> this is kind of at my comfort zone a little bit as well. So could you tell me, Um, a little bit more about being a somatic sex coach what you do and how you help people
2: sure so somatic it means um the felt sense or an embodied sense so um a sexologist or a sex coach could be someone that deals with the the mental side of things whereas somatics is how we feel things in our body so it's talking about things that come up for us our challenges helping people have better sex life experience more pleasure um, breakthrough blockages they might have um, around their sexuality enjoyment um, conditioning they've had growing up or through social media or you know any life external sources Um, and it's a lot to do with understanding how we feel things in our body so so sometimes we walk around the world completely numb in some respects and we're not having a full embodied experience of life so you might not experience the amount of pleasure you could potentially Um, we're so busy yeah being busy and doing 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 that actually that's slowing down and really going inwards and noticing what happens within our bodies and where we might experience numbness, for example. So um, it could be someone that's had um, traumas, like it's similar to what I experienced. It could be someone that's had surgery. It could be emotional and mental difficulties, whether it's um, traumas, you know, like um, it, mental, mental and emotional abuse, not just physical things,
0: Yeah,
2: everything, our issues are stored in our tissues is a kind of fa- famous saying in in this I love that. uh yeah. yeah our issues are in our tissues so anything we experience in life basically gets held in our body yeah and we also get past things on from our you know genetic line so from our parents and the yep. grandparents and it's all held within our body and that might sound really woo woo but it's a scientific fact yeah um when we start to work with the nervous system to work with the responses it has, so you might consciously or unconsciously um, have a, a nervous system response to something and it will make your body go in into a certain behavioural uh, response. So we might be working with people to calm down that flight-flight yeah. response, fight flight freeze yeah. um, which shuts down pleasure receptors Um, or it might be working with someone that has had an episiotomy and has got a lot of scar tissue or has had um, surgery for an injury or a a Um, c-section, not just women but men too. Um, For example, scar tissue carries a lot of implicit memory, so implicit memory is memories that we're not conscious of but are held within the body and when you start working with the scar tissue and um, breaking down the collagen that continues to form after you've you know had some kind of trauma to the skin you also can start talking with the client using very specific languaging that we're trained in so ways to to coach people that helps them release anything associated with that wow so it covers a broad range of things it's a mixture of Neurology, um, polyvagal theory, um, that's part of the nervous system. Um, Tantric practices, Taoist practices, coaching, psychology.
1: Wow. So it's not just sex, which a lot of people may think
2: is... Yeah, exactly. It doesn't just have to be down to sex. It could be that you just don't really enjoy sex. Maybe you're asexual. Maybe... um, you know it's just been a bit mediocre maybe you um one of the things i do is masturbation coaching yeah so maybe you have a really a, oh, a that lot must of... be
1: an awkward class
2: one-to-one <laughs> <laughs> one at the moment you know is, never say never about a group session but um so a lot of people carry so much shame yeah from that whether it's you know perhaps when they were a child someone saw them like a parent thought of them touching themselves yeah, and American they got chastised. Job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and actually, it's amazing when you start working with people, even on something like masturbation coaching, how much that other aspects of life filter in yeah. to that. So, you're peeling back and helping people integrate experiences in life into their nervous system so that that cycle is complete and they can be free and happier. and
1: yeah. And I'm um, guessing the more you work with people the 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 more layers you peel back therefore the deeper you go and the the better the experience is.
2: Yeah, and for some people they might have one or two sessions and have had enough breakthroughs that actually that serves them for now, but for yeah. other people they might find actually this is more complex than I thought or um for some people um another one of um the practices that you can do with um somatic Um, sexological body work for example the body work side of things is uh, genital mapping so it might be that someone doesn't really have a lot of sensation or perhaps women struggle with orgasm and they might then when you're working with someone in um, a physical sense so either I might be working on their body not um (laughs) <laughs> it sounds really strange, but yeah. not in like a sexual sense, but yeah. in uh, helping them explore actually, is there numbness here? So for example, if I'm, I'm holding my hand, you can't see because I'm on a podcast, <laughs> but if you imagine holding your hand in like a, a circle yep. um, and imagining it's the vaginal entrance, yep. and you might put your hand, just your, your first two fingers, I could coach someone via Zoom or I could they could be in my treatment room. Yep. Um, I could do it, or they could do it, and they might put one finger on the outside. this is called genital mapping, yep and go, okay, what what did you notice about me holding my hand here?" Yeah, and they might say, "I can't really feel anything Yeah. and then you could move your hand to another part, especially if someone's had like an episiotomy, for example, and they could go, "Wow, that feels really prickly, Yeah. and okay, what did you notice about that?" feeling, well it's a bit uncomfortable and it feels a bit like sometimes when I have sex I, I notice this, but perhaps they've never put the two and two together that...
1: Yeah, I'm saying yet like I understand, obviously I don't, <laughs> I don't have that I don't. pathway but... <laughs>
2: um, but it's the same for guys, so yeah. um, you know the, the, the neurological system is fascinating and it's amazing how our bodies shut down different pathways when yeah. we've been through all kinds of stuff yeah. Um, and when I use the word trauma I use it very broadly, so just so that everyone's got a, a gist of that for the podcast, yeah. what is trauma to one person is not trauma to another. So I often say whether your grandmother's died or your goldfish has died, what you feel is relative.
1: Yeah, yeah, we talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. Pain, pain is still pain. Yeah, people sometimes try and go, yeah, but my pain's worse than yours. Yeah, uh, sad is still sad. Happy is still happy. Exactly. So. And a
2: lot of people push down feelings and emotions and suppress things and say, oh well, you know, John down the road has it much worse than me, or you know, yeah, Sally's husband died and she's got five kids, but you know, yeah. so I'm not that bad off. But actually when you're suppressing those things, actually you're shutting down parts of your body and you're not processing the emotions that you're feeling.
1: Yeah.
2: Because sometimes it's just scary to do yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and I think to let them out can can be very scary for people, which yeah. is, I think is probably why they suppress them. I, I get told I get talk I talk way too much, which is probably why I do a podcast. And um I always get told off for uh, like wearing my heart on my sleeve, but I'm quite an open book. There are obviously some certain things I don't tell people and keep close to my chest, but As a rule for me, 90% of what comes out is just my heart's on my sleeve. This is what you get. If you don't like it, don't watch, don't listen, don't join in, don't Mm. follow, don't like me. Um, So I'm fairly open in that respect. And what's nice to hear is, again, kind of before I started it, the, the sex coach, I think even myself was a little bit like oh it's just about sex but you've barely really talked about sex but you've talked about every scar tissue in and communication and mental health and whether you've had a c-section or you've had three kids and surgery or you know if men have had an accident or um, you know a deformity or whatever there's so many reasons why you could not necessarily be achieving what you want to achieve
2: absolutely
1: which is really interesting um, and I want to I want to try and answer some questions that people might have for listening but obviously yeah. without them being here it's gonna be really difficult so I'm going to ask some questions myself um, how important is body confidence
2: such a big question <laughs> um, how important is body confidence I, in Tell me a, a little bit more about, do you mean in terms of okay, someone I, I, having I, I, sex or in general life um, stuff?
1: I, I guess the, the way I was looking at that question is I think a lot of male and female, and probably more, most are uncomfortable with their body. So, mm-hmm. give you an example, uh, and this is not my example, by the way, just before my wife tries to shoot me. Um, but I know a lot of females will say, turn the light off because mm-hmm. I don't want you to see me. And the man's going, well, I married you, I've got two kids with you, I love you, I want to be with you, I'm quite happy looking at you, I've seen you in the shower and getting changed, I've seen you naked, I don't want to make love, have sex with something I can't see. Mm-hmm. I want to see what I'm doing. Turn the light off, I'm uncomfortable. So for me, that would be her being uncomfortable, not being seen.
0: Yeah.
1: So therefore, she's lacking confidence because she doesn't want him to see mm-hmm. her. So therefore, she, in my head, I'm guessing, is, un- is not very confident in being seen in the light. Yeah. So for me, if she was more confident, then he would enjoy it more because he can see what's happening. It's like eating in the dark.
2: Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. A few things here. I'm going to start on the last thing you said because it's freshest in my mind. So yep. if you can see her, you're going to enjoy it more. Yeah. So when we're looking at enjoyment in sex, um and intimacy when i say sex it could doesn't necessarily have to be penetrative
0: Um,
2: there's there's something called the wheel of consent which is really fascinating and it looks at what intention basically we're in a situation with so you want the light on so you can enjoy it more but but where is your enjoyment is it in your pleasure or is it in pleasuring her or both so if, if for her, she can go more into her mind, uh, sorry, more into her body and less out of her head yep. with the light off, ultimately she's probably going to feel a bit more pleasure.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: But then you're obviously missing out on the visual enjoyment aspect yep. of that. So is there a way that you can help you enjoy seeing your wife or yeah. your husband or you know um and for them to feel comfortable too and so in, like
1: meet in the middle almost yeah. yeah so
2: is it lighting a candle is it yeah. putting a a light on the floor with a a light piece of fabric over it so you can see each other but you know she perhaps yeah. it's feels not daylight more, yeah it's not <laughs> bright light yeah. and honestly i've been there you know i hated um my husband being seen I'd never like sit like I'm going to be graphic now. Don't look at me like. No. Yeah, with my legs open. <laughs> yeah. But actually I'm at a point now where I feel really comfortable doing that with yeah. the light like, full on afternoon sex. Thank you very much. <laughs> and actually the turn on for me is seeing the pleasure he has in in seeing all of me, but that's really yeah. a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And to get that confidence is I think a lot about doing the inner work. So the reason I moved away from personal training when I had a successful business for 11 years and was fully booked, but doing the inner work was where I could see people could make the biggest changes. In ultimately if someone's training, whether it's kickboxing or yeah. bodybuilding or uh, aerobics, whatever it is, yeah. it's because we want to feel better and happier. And it's not always about the aesthetics, it's about understanding what makes us tick. So what is the insecurity there? Hmm. Um I know I said I wanted to bring this up and it seems like a really good time to bring it up. Throw but in. I have this um theory um about what I call porn star pussy. <laughs> okay. And um women's body parts, like can I say C word? You can
1: say whatever you like. Okay, this so
2: um the word pussy and cunt have <laughs> yep. um, been used in a really derogatory term, haven't they? Yeah um
1: and men will throw out a lot as well yeah you're a pussy you're yeah so what does
2: that say about a woman's body yeah and if you think about how women feel in their bodies there's so much conditioning that comes through social media um press fitness magazines you know um, mannequins in shops clothes sizing projections from family conditioning all of those kind of things And it it even extends into our genitals. So in pornography, traditionally, you might see this like, um, actually probably not so much in really old (laughs) porn. You would have seen like big bushes and natural women, perhaps more. I'm not a porn connoisseur, so I don't really know, but just um, in the limited um, experience I have of pornography. And then you've got like, I suppose, I could be really generalizing uh, here, but I don't know, maybe from like the early 90s when we got like the Playboy, Baywatch type thing. It's very neat, tucked in, there's no exposed labia, it's clean shaven, you know, hairless (laughs) assholes. Like everything is like this version of perfection. I heard this really interesting theory about pornography the other day on, uh, I think it was listening to some podcast, and it said that actually, the pornography where m- women have massive boobs and are hairless and big lips and loads of makeup is actually because it's appealing to people because it's far from reality. So it makes us feel not quite so bad okay. about watching it. It's an interesting theory. But actually what that does, I think, is filter down like um, into what women actually really look like. There's some amazing Instagram accounts and um, people that are doing fantastic work about helping women with body confidence around what their vulva or their yoni, yoni means sacred temple in Sanskrit, what that looks like um, with beautiful watercolors and uh, yoni casting. So you'd like plaster of Paris your, your, your uh, your vulva basically. And actually seeing it for the beauty it is yeah. um, and there's obviously not this big, big trend over recent years of what they're calling like vaginal rejuvenation um, and labiaplasties. so you know cutting back there's actually so many nerve endings mm. in a woman's genitals so in the tip of the clitoris alone um, there's 8,000 nerve endings, wow. which is way more than a guy has in the whole of the penis. <laughs> yeah, And that the clitoris is actually really big. It's not just the little button at the
1: top. It's <laughs> is it actu- not? Damn no,
2: it. <laughs> it actually extends down. It has li- these legs that come down, and it's between 9 and 11 centimetres
1: wow. long.
2: Um, on my Instagram, there's a picture. Yeah, yeah. And all of those nerve endings feed into the labius and down in towards the hips um, and into, they all kind of run through uh, where the um, vaginal wall is. Yeah. So when you're experiencing pleasure through penetration, it's actually stimulating of some of the clitoral nerves. Yeah. Um, I'm distracted now. (laughs) Um, But, so yeah, um, when we are shown as, or projectors as, as needing to have this looking a certain way, Perfect then when the image. light is on yeah. and, you know, perhaps they've not shaven because they've
1: Put, been the busy. Women's job
2: these days is busy, is Been to isn't the gym it? And, yeah. Yeah. We're expected to do a million different things yeah. and still have an immaculate pussy <laughs> and, and be able to climax yeah. ten times an hour. Like. Ten times an hour? Wow. I, don't, I think there's, like, a lot of pressure
1: need to help my to, game. To be... I'll
2: <laughs> get my husband to give me some tips. I'll
1: give him a call afterwards.
2: <laughs> um, the, the pressure on yeah. looking and performing. And I think that performance aspects takes a lot of pleasure out of sex. So then suddenly when you've got the light on and you're like, shit, I've not shaved properly. You yeah. know, I haven't got a porn star pussy. You yeah, know, i what you've tired. on TV the other day. Like, And for guys, like their turn on comes relatively quickly for a lot of, Uh, as a generalisation. Yeah, fair to say. Women's, our makeup mentally is different. Yeah. You know, it takes much longer to build up to that arousal. So you might be there, but there and ready to go. Still cold.
0: Yeah, (laughs) she's
2: cold. You know, perhaps she went straight in for the clit or a nipple when actually she wants you to kiss the side of her boob or her armpit or her forearm or her hands for 10 minutes before you can even go do you know what love can we put the light on i want to see your full frontal
1: (laughs) there you go men so start kissing her hand and rubbing her neck
2: (laughs) the hands are really sensitive they've got the next amount of nerve endings to the genitals
1: have they really Mm. well yeah as i tap the table Okay, so that's interesting as well, to, to see it from the, the other side for yeah. some people that might not have thought about it that way, because, again, I'm generalising myself, but I'm guessing a lot of men probably wouldn't think that way, so that's kind of nice to hear, open and honest from a woman's point of view. Um, the input, So therefore, that would roll us into communication. Mm. And then it, it's so hard to communicate what you may or may not want, um, and just to have that conversation. So, you know, their partner might not have the confidence to go, well, instead of just sticking it in me, why can't you give me a neck rub or play with my hair for five minutes or Mm. give me a foot massage or light a candle? Yeah. So the importance of communication, I think, both ways as well. So whether it be the female sort of saying, I'm not just a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, but you, you see my point? Yeah. I, again, I, I, I say that in jest, but <laughs> only because um, I have heard someone say that recently to me when I said I was doing this. Um, and they, they brought that up. So I thought was it a right. woman uh, or a man? Uh, it was a man.
2: Okay.
1: Um, believe it or not. Um, I think he might have been repeating what she said, which was, um, I'm not just a cum bucket.
2: Oh, I see. I
1: see. <laughs> so I think that's probably where that come from um but yeah it just made me chuckle
2: i've I've heard like i had uh someone referred to on. um themselves as bucket crutch when i was talking about um pelvic floor health <laughs> with someone <laughs> so i just wondered like where did that come from yeah. but yeah language is massive
1: yeah which we'll go into in a bit i think as mm. well we can come on to that in a little bit um it's so important importance of communication and telling your partner what you want what you don't want is probably just as important i'm guessing as well um And what would you say to people that are struggling to communicate with their partner? And I know that's a very broad question.
2: Yeah, it's a big question. Um, The first place I would start is you... Again, I don't like to generalise, but I think women expect guys to be able to make them come. The only people that are... uh, Responsible for our orgasm is ourselves. You're responsible for yours. I'm responsible for mine. For yeah. example.
1: So with all the nerve endings, that you eight thousand was there.
2: Yeah, in the head of the clitoris. Yeah,
1: see that, and that's just one bit. That's not. That's just the that part of the body. You know, I don't know how to fly a helicopter, so yeah. You know, I'll have a go, but it doesn't mean I'm going to survive at the end of it. No. So, for me, it's a skill. It's something you need to yeah. learn. If if you've never yeah. been taught, how would you know? So Absolutely. that communication part of Teaching someone how that happens. Because again, every female, again, it's not that I've slept with loads of people, but are completely different. I don't like that. I do like that. Mm. Don't do this. Please do that. So communicating what you like and dislike.
2: And this might help women from a woman's perspective. Um, I honestly, so. I also have been guilty of this, expecting to like have an amazing sex life without actually having to say anything because yeah. I was too embarrassed to say what I liked, didn't like, what my needs and desires were, etc. But when I trained in somatic body work, the first time, one of the things I had to do was um, mapping someone's pleasure. So um, one of my amazing friends volunteered for me and um, it was about finding where she felt pleasure in her body so it was in the genital area specifically for this assignment and um, we did a mapping exploration and it's not like um, a, a sexual experience it's not like that it's a very kind of I am um, the practitioner you're the the client it's a bit like if someone examines your knee okay it's that kind of thing but you're examining Parts of, their body. parts of other parts of their body like the gen is really no different than an arm or a hand but we we project them in a certain way yeah and i honestly had a newfound respect for anyone that was into pussies <laughs> because i could not believe like how can you be in this position and i was i had like a massage bed because i was on like in my treatment room and had the yeah. practitioner table um I wasn't like naked on an angle on a bed trying to like do some contortionist movement <laughs> and pleasure someone at the same time yeah i was standing next to her fully clothed you know yeah. she, it was very kind of um, uh, yeah cl- like cl- in a clinical way
1: yeah
2: it's almost impossible <laughs> to like to one want to treat someone's body with such Sacred respect yep. and and care, and to turn her on, <laughs> like, find her G spot, find the things that she likes. Yeah. Um, so that she can work out actually when I, my husband's touching me, I want him to um, explore this more. You know, and and I'm there like, oh my god, like I don't want to hurt her at the same time i really wanted to like be able to help her with the thing i was helping her with and try and get the right angle and movement and it's really hard it's really hard (laughs) and if you've got someone that's just laying there yeah too embarrassed to tell you like i i'm trained to ask her very specific questions in very particular ways so that yeah she is working on exploring you know actually i have got loads of numbness in this area why have i got that numbness and what does that mean and when i when I realise that, how does that make me feel? So we're talking in an embodied perspective so she can feel more into her body and notice that actually, what does it feel like to know that I've got that num- area of numbness here from yeah. having my children? Or, um, so I've, I've been trained in this and yeah. it's hard. So if you've got a guy, no matter how many women you've slept with, every single person's body is different. Yeah. Um, and I think women need to be vulnerable and brave or both partners need to be vulnerable and brave, not just women, and communicate what they want. Um, so the, the first thing is is that they they need to be vulnerable and that's really fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing is if if you don't know what you want, how can you even tell your partner? Um, so that's where like I mentioned earlier masturbation coaching we have so much shame around self-pleasure yeah and also self-pleasure for someone might be getting their rabbit and sticking a vibrator on their clit for five seconds and coming and and then expecting their partner to do the same thing <laughs> but actually one that you'll probably be capable of much more expansive pleasure than that yeah And 2 you're not really exploring your body so when we use vibrating toys yeah they can be great and fun but actually if you use them all the time you can become desensitized so then when you your partner uses uh, their mouth or their hand or any other body part that actually you might not feel things in the same way whereas if you had a self-pleasure practice where it was actually exploring you know what does it feel like to touch my levier in this way or what does it feel like to stroke my balls in this way or um, yeah. how does it feel to touch my perineum and what pressure and and how so it, going into your self-pleasure practice in a form of curiosity with no goal of
1: yeah.
2: ejaculating or coming yeah. or reaching a climax but just to to be in exploration of yeah. what just your body likes yeah we, when we take the goal out of sex whether it's solo or as a partnership the pressure's off yeah if you don't have to come and you don't have to make her come and she doesn't have to make herself come or you know same-sex relationships whatever it is each partner when you take that out the pressure's pressure's gone yeah and then you're just enjoying intimacy for the sake of being intimate how much more pleasure can you feel then yeah how much more expansive could you be if you slowed things down
1: yeah if, and I guess yeah. that goes back to the pressure of life, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, male or female working, kids, holding a job, going to the gym, all the the stuff that comes into life, because life is so much faster now, and then yeah. trying to squeeze in that, that pleasurable part. Yeah. In reality, at the end of the day, for most people, I'd imagine. Mm.
2: Um, and like I said earlier, genetically, down. women need a lot longer to prepare. They can't drop from... You know, being taxi cook, cleaner, chef, SEO, uh, a CEO, yeah. you know, personal trainer, um, yeah. housewife. You can't go straight from that to suddenly being
1: sex god. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Often, you know, where where are the rituals and self care that make you feel amazing? Yeah. I have a little bit of a theory about underwear. That
0: okay.
2: the underwear we choose is a projection of how we feel Makes sense. like if you're it's not to say you have to walk around wearing some crotchless lacy thong, <laughs> or you know your best spanking white calvin Kleins. yeah but if you're putting on underwear that doesn't make you feel amazing it's not about what anyone else can see it's about how you feel
0: yeah
2: um even in our homes like um I, I did a post on my Instagram a while ago and I sent a friend a picture of my kitchen that I just renovated and she was like, that's fucking sexual. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. It's the, how your home, your everything is like putting on that version of that sexy black dress or um you know, your best suit, whatever makes you feel great. If we can bring in pleasure elements to aspects of life, like slowing down, enjoying the texture of a flower, or having a velvet cushion,
0: that
2: those little things start feeding in these bits of pleasure and actually it's much easier to to be in a turned on state. And that doesn't have to mean sex.
1: Yeah, sexy kitchen, velvet pillow,
2: flower <laughs> <laughs>
1: <tight> yeah. <laughs> yeah and i don't mean that again very generalizing isn't it to say but like yeah. you say slow things down a little bit try and put a bit more time in put some communication in yeah. between the pair of you yeah uh a, a bit of exploring mm. if you can find the time yeah and if you can find the confidence yeah um and, and again, the way you've explained it now as well, I, I can see, like anything, whether it be going to school for education, coming to a, a dojo to train in martial arts, boxing, jujitsu, um, you're learning a skill, aren't you? And mm-hmm. you, you go to a professional or a practitioner for that skill. Yeah. And I guess this is no different. It's just, it, it's much more of a touchier subject
2: yeah. for and many people. That communication is so difficult, uh, difficult because you can say what you want to say and there are ways to say things that make it land clearly yeah. but you can't choose how someone responds to that and that's when uh, in a partnership that takes work You know, yeah. um, if you want your partner to express their needs and desires but they might say something like that you think is way out there and you go, fuck, that's a bit kinky, isn't it? And you're projecting shame in that situation. How can you expect them to feel vulnerable to share that with you? And vice versa, Um, how we say something could be, I don't know, (laughs) say for example, I'm going to think of something really extreme, just <laughs> for the example here. Um, say um, you want, i don't know—you wanted to try pegging. It's maybe not that extreme, but um, <laughs> say you wanted to try pegging, and you yeah. went to your wife, and you went, "Look, um, I really want you to fuck me up the ass," and um, yeah, it's a real turn-on for me. Um, what Would reckon, love, <laughs> please um she might go fuck?
1: yeah but if you're oh.
2: engaging in this conversation where you say to her darling like i absolutely adore our intimacy and our relationship but i was really thinking what well, how would you feel about trying some new stuff and she might go oh i'm i'm open to that and you could go okay why don't we choose a time when the kids aren't around and we've got time to really talk about it, to so have a chat, and you could go, okay, great. Like, your wife will go, why don't we run a bath together tonight and have a chat? And then, yeah. you know, you might go upstairs and run the bath and put a couple of candles on and yeah. make it feel a bit nice and go, see, I was really thinking, I'd love to try this new stuff with you. And I totally understand if you're not up for it. And if you're not, there's re- it's really not a problem. Um, but i'd also love to know a bit about you know what would you want to try and and you i understand you might not be comfortable saying much at the moment but it'd be good if we could open that communication yeah, yeah what do you think
1: yeah so letting some foundations yeah down. like
2: what do you think how do yeah. you, how would you feel about discussing it and then you start to like communicate a bit better and then yeah. you, you might go I've really seen this Seen this double-ended dildo. I thought it might be really good to try. Like, it's, I really fancy pegging. Would you give it a go? Yeah. And she might go, um, oh, I, d- I don't know that's for me. And you could, like, she might not be up for it. And you could go, I totally understand. Maybe have a think about it and um, do some research and, and come back to me. And yeah. if you are great, and if you're not, is there something else you'd like to try instead? What yeah. is there? A, what what do you fancy giving a go? Rather than being feeling shame about asking and going into that, you know, they might not be ready to hear what we want.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but how we ask for it and that we say, I totally understand if you're not into it, but I'd love to try it. And if that's not for you, what would you like to do instead? Yeah. And then that opens that communication up again. So then she yeah. might come and go. I don't really fancy doing that but maybe we could just try playing with a butt plug. That feels a, a little bit uncomfortable but I'm willing to Yeah, that's give a it little a step I can take. And then go okay, well why don't we just we get one and we play with it and it doesn't have to be penetration. It could just be, you know, using it on the outside and then we see where we go from there. Yeah. And it's just these tiny little steps but reassuring each other that actually it's okay if you don't want it. And the same as if someone, um, like I just said, if someone um, came came to me with a request and, and I went, fuck you weirdo, <laughs> they're gonna literally, they, it's taken all of Withdrawal. their courage.
0: Yeah,
2: You want them, you want to perhaps experience, I'm sure most people experience their partner in extreme pleasure as a real turn on. So then if you're gonna shut them down with shame, yeah. you're not gonna get that. Yeah. So we need to find a way to communicate where we're not shaming each other and bringing each other down. And yes, things might freak us out, but actually you might be surprised. There's things yeah. that I love now that a few years ago you I would like have wolves. gone. I mean, even like a few months ago, I would have gone, what? Or yeah. did go, what? <laughs> and then I was like, do you know what? Let's give it a try. Yeah.
1: You're so again, learning. baby steps.
2: Yeah, baby steps. Little steps. And just watching the language, the shame, like not shaming people.
1: And It's okay to it's, ask, It's okay So don't judge. Yeah. On either side of the fence.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so some advice now, if we can move on to some advice yep. for maybe some people. So I've got some questions that people may want to know. Um, <laughs> I can't even read my own mind. Um, if you don't know what you want or what you like... Again, we, we have kind of, we've talked about mm. it. Um, understanding what you like, so you can then tell your partner yeah. what you like is really important. And again, I'm guessing communication will be the best way yeah. of finding out what you want, what you like, what pleases you, mm-hmm. and then giving that information to your partner, yeah. I guess.
2: And being brutally honest with yourself.
1: Yeah.
2: um, this very wise, incredible sex coach, um, said in a workshop I attended once that people only use 10% of their sexuality. So if we're only using 10% of our sexual potential, yep. what are we doing with that other 90%? Maybe being a bit scared about it, Yeah. maybe going off and having an affair with someone where we would get that other percentage from, maybe texting, watching porn, like there are other ways that you might be getting that. Whereas. If you actually shared that ninety percent with your partner, with that kind of communication, the I'd like to try this. Would you be interested? If not, what would you what would you like to do with it, or is there something else? Yeah, we can expand that together rather than shutting it down. Um, so it really, unless we're really honest about our own sexuality, how can we be honest with our, anyone else? Like it took me years to be really honest about my sexuality and what that meant and and how to navigate that but a lot to do with like the shame i put on myself and how i thought society yeah. would view me etc so if we can once we're really honest with ourselves actually it can really open ourselves up for expansion but we've got to be brave with
1: ourselves yeah which takes Um, a lot of confidence yeah
2: and
1: And trust and belief as well
2: and yeah self-compassion
1: yeah
2: um and knowing that there's a if if you're into a certain kink there's there's definitely a load of other people that are probably (laughs) into it i can tell you um and again, like masturbation coaching, those self-pleasure explorations, um, speaking to someone like myself, or if you don't want to speak to me, I can make some recommendations yeah. for that. But really starting with us. We're responsible for our own pleasure. Your partner is responsible for their pleasure. And when we communicate and bring that together, that's... When
1: well, the magic happens. Yeah,
2: but even if you're in, you're not in a sexual relationship, you can still have incredible solo sex. Yeah. I mean, use a butt plug and a dildo on your own. Like,
1: and then there's no complaints. The... Yeah. <laughs> and if there is, you've only got yourself but, to blame. But
2: then when you go to, you are in a relationship yeah. and someone goes, what do you like in bed? What, or in right. the front room get, or the kitchen yeah, or get, anywhere else? Yeah, get like, your pen and <laughs> <of> paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. And that, that's going to be so helpful for so many people because I think a lot of people can... You know, a lot of people do open up, up to us at times because of the nature of the job and, mm. you know, I'm quite an open and honest person as well. So, you know, I, I quite often talk about myself quite a lot and people go, oh, I didn't know that. Or, so it, people find it quite easy to talk to me and therefore yeah. things come out. So that's that's a really good. Thanks for... Um,
2: there, there was a saying that um, someone told me recently, it's the more us we are, the more other people can be themselves. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think it's so impactful, that saying so impactful, the more I am me, the more you can be you.
1: Yeah. Because you're not trying to be someone false or fake or yeah. live up to someone else's expectations. Yeah. Totally. Completely get that. Okay, next one. If anyone is struggling to last a long time, how can we help that? And again, I'm going to generalise, but that's going to be towards men. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, uh Erectile dysfunction, if we talk uh, about that, yep. um, can be down to a number of things. One, if anyone's experienced treatment for prostate cancer. Yeah. If anyone has any pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah. Um, so for guys, for guys, um, it might be, and I'm just thinking like, in terms of just being down in Hastings today and I, I train at Zeus's, like strong men, they're picking up heavy heavy things, putting a lot of strain through their pelvic floor. Laborers, um, you know, anyone's had surgery from the chest down is gonna have um, some pelvic floor dysfunction. It's linked in with your diaphragm. Um, It's linked in with your abdominals. It's in the same neurological loop as your multifidus. Um, It's for anyone listening that doesn't know the muscles down (laughs) the length of your back. So anything around the core can affect your erectile function. Breath work is incredible. Um, the what you can do with the breath. So if you use your breath um, quickly in certain breath practices that I teach, you can upregulate arousal. And if you use it in other ways, you can downregulate it. Um, so really, one strengthening the pelvic floor yep. uh, really helps um, with erectile dysfunction and breath practices to help you last longer. And actually, when you start using the breath practices, um, you. Um, might find and I have taught people to be able to climax but without ejaculation so you end up having full body orgasms you might have like a third eye orgasm Mm -hmm. uh, orgasm through your g-spot you know the prostate for men Um, so that you when you stop playing with these things you can experience more pleasure. So even yeah. if you you could obviously with erectile dysfunction, there's other medication routes that you can go down. Um, but I would definitely say, even for anyone that just wants to last longer and that they've already got a good sex life, actually starting to play with breath works, amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: But again, somatic sex coaching can help amazing. with that. And um, I can recommend guys yeah. that uh, are somatic sex coaches.
1: Fantastic, great answer. So there you go get into your breathing. Yeah, for, that and for one. women
2: the same yeah. breath work, amazing.
1: I um, must admit, I do feel it's a bit of a bum deal because if if a woman makes a man come in like five seconds, she's like, oh, is that all? But if a man makes a female come in five seconds, he's like a superhero.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so I, I've got a thing about this, and actually, if so, for a guy, if you're going straight in, um, and I don't know you're you're gonna go and lick someone out and you're focusing on their clit and they have clitoral orgasm. Actually, what that does is drain sexual energy. And actually, if you can play with arousal through the rest of their body, so through different strokes, techniques, um, different things that help build that breath work again, using breath practices to upregulate arousal, women can have a much deeper, longer orgasm than just clitoral. And some women can't orgasm vaginally. Some women can. You, yeah. you can grow, you can, or some people can learn to orgasm vaginally. Um, the clitoris is all part of that. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it although guys could be the hero for making it happen quickly, <laughs> yeah. actually, if you allowed more time.
1: It could be the mother.
2: And then actually the clitoral orgasm through Direct clitoral stimulation was the final cherry on the cake. Yeah, that's better, right? Boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a really amazing um, thing that you can look up, and it's it's like uh, communication-wise. There's something called the five languages of love, which if it's about it's for communication. So how you might receive love and how your wife might receive love is different things. So you might like words of affirmation, she might like you to take the bins out. But if you're talking sweet at her and the bin's piling up and she's dealing with something else she's going to be pissed off and vice versa so the five languages of love in terms of communication is something I recommend looking up Um, but there's also a version of that for sexual pleasure called the erotic blueprint by someone called Jaya and it's basically like a kind of test you can take to see what kind of um pleasure um experiences you are so there's uh five different types if i remember correctly so you might be kinky where you like bdsm and shibari and spanking or you might be energetic where you like really gentle like touch and really like soft slow feathers you might be sensual you you know there's there's different types so if you also know that yeah that's going to
1: adding to the yeah
2: you want to make sure you're on the same wavelength so if she's into kinky and you're into sensual, there's going to probably be a mismatch there. But if you know that...
1: You can work towards You can work towards it. Yeah, amazing. So again, we're finding out loads, uh, which is really, really <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, again, we've talked about the confidence. Confidence is key. Communication is key. Um, the best way to tell your partner, again, we've talked about that, haven't we? we you know, having that conversation, maybe laying some groundwork for it. So if you're going to tell your partner, don't just come out with something like, like you said, I want to stick a butt plug up your bum.
2: Yeah, or, or, you know go, oh, you're so fucking frigid. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, and you're throwing shame at it, aren't you? Yeah, throwing shame, taking shame out. And sometimes what is shame to you is not shame to somebody else. Mm. And something really simple could trigger that. Again, it depends on our life experiences. Yeah,
1: I thought I was open-minded, then I spoke to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe I'm frigid.
2: (laughs) But I hated that, like, at school. I was so shy, and that word was bounded around. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, it's it's and again, it, it... it goes to put a negative impact on your sexual experiences yeah. as you're growing up. Um, again, the best way to ask for something new. Again, we've, we've covered all my questions. Um, pelvic floor skills and training. One, one yeah. of the things I've really taken away from this, this podcast so far is it's not just sex, is it? I mean, it is literally training and education and communication and confidence. Mm. Um, we've talked about the core pelvic floor for male and female very important
2: yeah really important one for overall health
1: and there is a pelvic floor training that you can do
2: yeah so I run a six-week online course called the pelvic enlightenment Um, it's for women when I do um, men I I could do it with as either a group set up individually yeah um, or one-to-one stuff all online um i'll teach everything that you need to know about pelvic floor health so it could be that perhaps you've had a prolapse um perhaps you've already had surgery and unfortunately pelvic floor surgery is not particularly successful and you still need to do your pelvic floor exercises afterwards um the more uh, the way i teach it is about strengthening the pelvic floor but also about learning how to release and relax so if you want to have an amazing climax, you actually need to learn to relax a little bit. But I also teach that embodied practice. So how to feel into your body, actually really connect with your body. A lot of people don't know where their pelvic floor is. so. Um, uh, a lot of people might do a pelvic floor exercise as a quick squeeze in the supermarket or when they're <laughs> in the car. But actually the pelvic floor covers the anus all the way around to um, right up in the pelvic bone. Yeah. And there's about 22, 23 muscles that make up the pelvic bowl, wow. but actually a lot more muscles that join in from the rest of the body. So you might have an injury in your ankle or your knee and it's affecting your pelvic floor. So learning that there might be areas of tightness, there might be areas of weakness. Um, and really feeling. So when I teach people how to feel the whole of their pelvic floor through doing the course, I've actually had a lot of feedback where women have gone, I've never had a vaginal orgasm. And on week <laughs> four, they've had like, you know, full on squirting sex. Wow. Um, and they've never had that before. And people don't have to want to improve their sex life to come and do the pelvic floor course. So I'd run a Sex and Desire workshop yeah. uh, as part of that, but it's optional. Yeah. But for guys as well, strengthening their pelvic floor is going to and using the breath is going to help them last longer Um, but ultimately if you think about uh what a skeleton looks like and you've got like the hip bones and then um I, i haven't got a visual here to show you but if you google pelvic anatomy yeah and you'll see like the pelvis um the difference is for men they have two holes and women have three in the muscles of the pelvic floor um but they link in with the diaphragm, so anything to do with our breath. Um, also, our gut health massively affects our pelvic floor. So if you've got um, uh, gut issues, um, IBS yeah. is actually a symptom of other things, commonly linked to trauma, stress, anxiety, depression. Yeah. Um, that feeds into gut health. So for guys, erectile dysfunction for women, bladder issues, bowel yeah. issues well men bowel issues as well so it's a huge part of our body (laughs) that actually gets very little thoughts
1: yeah until it's gone wrong usually (laughs) yeah and Um, then it's too late yeah
2: but it's that unfortunately they've kind of over sexualized pelvic floor ads where people think that it's really normal to have a pelvic floor dysfunction or perhaps they might get a sudden urge out of nowhere to go to the toilet like usually if they put the key in the lock or they go to do so, something like go out the house or get to put a certain point on a walk, and not even realise that actually getting a sudden urge and not being able to control it is also a pelvic floor issue. So a lot of people don't even realise that they're experiencing something. Yeah. But it's it's common, but it's not normal. So it's something that people need to address.
1: Yeah. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> so this has been quite an educational <laughs> one, which I really didn't think, well didn't think, but you know I'm quite blown away by the amount of the bits that we've covered in um a sentence won't be enough but in a a paragraph Mm -hmm. could you summarize for people that are listening Say the five key areas if that if there is five key areas to what you think would help them either with themselves or with their partner in in their sex life or going around the if there's any um like say um Surgery or bits and mm. pieces. Does that does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, brutal honesty with yourself. Number one. If yeah. we can't be honest with ourselves, how can we be honest with anyone else? Um, kind, considerate, empathetic uh, um, communication. Yeah. So communication, when we yeah. are communicating something, there's no point chucking things about in an argument. Like, think about what you want to say and understand that you can't change someone's response. And a guy might be in his ego. When you go and say, darling, I I, I really want to come more, the guy might go, oh, well, what's wrong with what I'm doing already? Or oh, you never communicate anything. <laughs> yeah. You just lay there. Uh, you want the lights off. Um, but yeah, so really thinking about how you can communicate together, and knowing yeah. that a partnership is a partnership, it's got to be two-way thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone that's experienced any trauma, hopefully you can tell if you've listened from one to two that actually you can go from being in this really dark place to actually having a phenomenal relationship with yourself, your body, your well-being, and. Yeah a relationship with other people but that has to start with us we have to do the work
1: there is light at the end of the tunnel there which is why that. i wanted to make this two parts because I, I didn't think people would want to listen to this if mm. they're trying to deal with part one
2: yeah and it's difficult and it takes time i feel like i, I perhaps did it a long route but i didn't have access to all of the things that i have now that yeah. i'm able to help people with and if i can't help them i can refer them on to you know, in my professional remit, there's a limit to what I can do. But by talking to someone like myself or um, other people in professions, they can refer you on. Unfortunately, se- <laughs> sexualo- sex- uh, somatic sex coaching and select- sexological body work is not very well known. Yeah, it's relatively new. Although it was taboo born out of the ACE guess, crisis, yeah, it's really taboo. Um, but just reaching out to somebody and communicating. But we have to be honest with ourselves and start. Understanding our bodies and how that works.
1: Amazing. So, if anyone needs any help or any advice a bit mm-hmm. deeper or co- to come on your course, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, yeah. uh, how can I get hold of you?
2: Um, so, you can find me at celestialsoul.co.uk. My Instagram is celestialsoulcoach. Um, we'll put the links, I'm sure, in yeah. the show notes. Um, and literally, just drop me a message either on Instagram or via my website. Um, My next course for pelvic floor health runs February, but I run them uh, roughly every six to eight weeks. And yeah, drop me an email and I work one-to-one, but also on Zoom, like it's amazing how much you can do on Zoom. The sex coaching, even the somatic um, body work works brilliantly on Zoom. And often people feel a lot more comfortable in their own homes.
1: Yeah, Amazing. Thank you so much once again for coming back in. I've learned some stuff today, which was cool. Again, if you're listening, I really hope you've took something away from this. For me, the, one of the biggest things is there is light at the end of the tunnel. To come from where you've come from mm. to where you are now is huge. So yeah. massive well done.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: I know it's taken some time, but you know a lot of people probably think they will never get there. And I think that obviously shows a lot of people that you can get there. Yeah, um, And sex isn't just sex, it is education, it is communication, it is confidence, yeah. and it's something you can be taught and you can learn, as opposed to just thinking it's just sex.
2: That's it, because our sex education at school, I think for most of us, was <laughs> more about the anatomy, and probably people are learning from porn or magazines or Cosmo, yeah. and actually...
1: And they can actually come and get proper sex training. Proper
2: adult sex education. Yeah, yeah and there's some amazing accounts on Instagram Yeah, um, that do fantastic work in adult sex education.
1: Fantastic. So there you go, guys. Thank you for listening. Again, drop us a comment, drop us a like. If you've learned something today, that'd be great to know. If you have got any issues in what we've talked about today, give Nikki a shout. She's amazing, and I'm sure she'll be happy to help you. Um, As best you can. I'd love to. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care. And we'll see you on the next podcast.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's chat, have any questions or feedback for us, or would like to be on one of our podcasts, leave a review and we will happily get back to you. If you would like more details on how Hastings Kickboxing Academy can help you or a family member, find all our contact details in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to HKA's Kickstart Your Confidence podcast. And remember... It's not just a sport, it's a way of life.